You're listening to Bellwether's podcast with Matthews Joseph. Hey guys, thank you so much for tuning in to a brand new episode of the Bellwether's podcast. And today we are starting up a new series, Women's Month. Uh, as you all know that March is known as Women's History Month and March 8th is International Women's Day. And this month we are going to feature five different women all throughout our series who have made the difference, who have stood up and you know the, who have taken the, t- taken the guts and wanted to follow their passion and to, and to do something uh, differently. And today as our first guest, Today, we have Amy Ford. Amy Ford is the co-founder and the president of Embrace Grace, in Embrace Grace. and she is also an author. She recently wrote a book as well, so she, she has been doing some pretty amazing work in Dallas and all, of, all throughout the United States. So without further ado, Amy Ford, welcome to Bellwethers Podcast. It's an honor to have you today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to, to talk with you today. So yes, uh, so Amy has been doing something called Embrace Grace. So I'll just give you a brief uh, idea about what Embrace Grace is. They actually influence uh, through the community. They inspire women. They help women to stand up for the uh, for for their unplanned pregnancies, and they have been changing the strength trends since they started off in uh, in 2012. So Amy, could you just like tell something about how um, uh, w- w- what Embrace Grace is and what you you guys have been doing for like you know, the last nine years? Yeah, so we help women with unexpected pregnancies get connected to churches. You know, a lot of times when a girl has an unplanned pregnancy, the church is usually the last place they think they want to go to because of shame and because of guilt. And a lot of times because pastors aren't really talking about the issue, they feel like it's political. So they kind of steer away. But meanwhile, the abortion rate is exactly the same inside the church as it is outside. So we want to change that. So We started Embrace Grace, where it's small groups for women with unexpected pregnancies, and they're in churches all over the nation and the world. And we have digital curriculum and book curriculum, and we provide this to just regular lay people of the church that want to to host a group, and they kind of network within their community. They get connected to local pregnancy centers to refer these girls with unplanned pregnancies to the church. And they're just met with love and grace and acceptance. You know, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance and that's where true change comes. And so we're just seeing like amazing community um, and support. And it's just awesome to see it. You know, I, I took, I lead the national organization, which is here in the Dallas-Fort Worth area, but I've taken a few years off from leading an actual group just because of travel. And, and I, I do a lot of speaking and things like that. But since COVID, I've, there's not as much travel. So I'm leading a group again. And last night we had our first group and our first class and just, it just never gets old. I mean, this thing is just so amazing. You know, I know at the beginning, this, you know, one girl, uh, baby dad was her fiance was killed, you know, a couple months ago. One is one year sober and, you know, just doing awesome. And one is like a preacher kid. One is a high school student. I mean, they're all just completely unique situations and they all 
had this just hopelessness really last night, but you could see that the community was already starting to heal that. And there were smiles and there were, you know, lift, looking us in the eye, you know, and things like that. And I know over the course of this next 12 weeks, which is what, how long this program is, we're going to see an amazing transformation. We always say we have front row seats to miracles and um, we, we do all kinds of events for them. And it's not even just about these 12 weeks. This 12 weeks is like the launching pad of it. It is, we are a spiritual family and we are a community and we want to do life with you for your whole life if you'll let us, because that's what a spiritual family is. And so just trying to get them connected to the church, we feel like is really the, the answer and the change to a lot of women that are experiencing these pregnancies and feeling completely alone. Wow, that's that's something that's really huge, to be honest, you know, just start off from, I mean, that too, from Dallas, Fort Worth, and, you know, you guys are influencing the community all around the world, I mean, all around the US, through churches, and I think that's, that's, that's amazing, you know, I don't have words to say, I mean, but this is something that today we need so much, and, and I think, you know, to stand up for, uh, to stand up for uh, uh, abortions, you know, to stand up against it, and say, you know, every life matters, to be pro-life, to support these women, it takes a lot of courage and you know and I, i see that you know god has actually given you god has strengthened you guys you know to do what what seems impossible to the human eye but you know you guys are doing something really amazing so here's what i want to ask you as the first question so you know how has embrace grace uh, been able to change the culture of unplanned pregnancies into making women understand that they are valuable and they are loved Yeah, what we figured out over leading for so long is like if they can understand their value and their worth and how much God loves them so, 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 so much, it changes like every decision that they make. It changes like who they want to date, the kind of guys they want to date. It changes what kind of jobs they want to work, what dreams that they have. It just helps them dream again when they know their value and worth. And so really instilling that's what Embrace Grace is all about is instilling that and empowering them as women. Like you are strong. And Planned Parenthood and and the, the other narrative is, you know, you can't have your baby in your dreams too. You're going to have to, you know, it's going to be hard, which of course it is hard, but you're going to have to have an abortion in order to, you know, finish school or have an abortion in order to have your career that you want or whatever that is. And that is not feminism to me. That is like, you're not strong enough narrative. Whereas feminism, feminism, I believe is you can have your baby in your dreams too. Yes. It may be a little bit harder, but it, the baby is like the fuel that makes you even want to work harder. Like a baby is always a blessing. And so just trying to change the narrative of like women are strong and with God, they can do, they can, they can do this, you know, and he chose them out of all the women in the world to steward a life, whether they place their baby for adoption or whether they choose to parent. They get to choose uh, and steward this life that he gave them with because every baby is a blessing and um, a baby is not a sin. A baby is a miracle no matter how it gets here. Yeah, that's very, very true. I mean, if you if you look at Jeremiah 1.5, you know, one of the most quoted script, scriptures, it says, you know, before I, uh, before you were formed in your mother's womb, I knew you. And, you know, and I, I mean, uh, so if you actually look at the root word, it means yeah, that new you means yada, which means intimately knowing. And, you know, before a baby is born into this world, God intimately knows that person and whether irrespective of the gender or which family they're born, born into. And I believe, and that is something very huge that most people don't understand. And they're like, you know, yeah, no, no, it's, 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 it's just a couple of cells. But, you know, that is something that's not, that's not how God sees it. God sees it's something that he knows that person intimately. And, you know, that makes a whole difference in the whole thing. 
Yeah. And a baby's heartbeat starts at 22 days. That's just a teeniest, tiniest. And it's really just a miracle, totally and completely a miracle from God. Um, how, how he created us. It's, it's, I love the scripture, how wonderful are your works, oh Lord. And it is, it's just, when you get into the science of it all and, and it's just, it's beautiful. Yeah, it's it's totally amazing. And that's up. I want to ask the next question. I mean, I've got this question a lot of times. And even I've at some point of my life thought about this and, you know, how an individual can make a difference. So, you know, if an individual stands up for pro-life in a community, you know, how much difference do you think that makes? Well, I think it's kind of the way that you do it. You know, I've seen where I didn't know that there was a pro-life movement for a long time. Like I grew up in church my entire life and had no idea there was a pro-life movement. If anyone used those words pro-life movement, I thought that was like picketers outside abortion clinics because that's kind of what the media likes to show. And I'm all about loving, you know, outside of abortion clinics and offering resources and help and hope, but I'm not a big fan of you know, repent, you're going to hell, you know, all of that stuff. And that's what I thought the pro-life movement was. And when Embrace Grace started, um, you know, we started as a small group at our church and never in a million years thought we're going to start a nonprofit. Like it just wasn't even on a radar. We're just like, let's start a small group for girls with unplanned pregnancies at our church. And there was no such thing as single and pregnant curriculum. Like we just sort of winged it. We found that we decided on Embrace Grace as a name. And then one day we just Googled Embrace Grace. There randomly happened to be a book by Liz Curtis Higgs called Embrace Grace. We're like, that's so weird. There's a book called it. So we got it and it was so simple. It was just all about, um, uh, grace and love. It wasn't really necessarily about an unplanned pregnancy, but it was a perfect place to start. So we started that. Three girls came, one wore a coat in August in Texas because she was terrified of stepping foot into a church and anyone seeing her, they wouldn't make eye contact, you know, all of that stuff. And then they completely changed. And so over the next 12 weeks, they all got saved. Like it was amazing. So then we did it again. Three more girls came, then eight, then 14, then 21. And we just started writing our own curriculum and still just thinking for our church. We go to a pretty big church. So there were a couple of campuses, you know, that we were giving them to, but like still had no idea. And then my first book came out of Bumpin' Life, which was just stories of girls that chose life. Like I was like, people need to write, someone needs to write these miracles down that we're witnessing because this is amazing. And then God was like, yeah, that's you. So I wrote the first book and with that first book kind of got some media and stuff around it. And other churches started calling us saying, this is really cool. You show us how to do it too. And we were like, oh, we're supposed to help people help people. Like we're supposed to help the church be the church. And so we started the nonprofit. And even then I didn't think, oh, we're starting a pro-life organization. Like, because again, I had no idea there was a pro-life movement or, you know, I just thought we're helping girls with unplanned pregnancies. And um, I was invited to speak at a pro-life conference called CareNet, which they're very well known. You know, now I can't even believe that I didn't know who they were. Um, They're like a pregnancy center training conference. Thousands of people go. And so they were like, hey, can you come to this conference and speak about your book? And we'll give you a booth for free, you know, in exchange. I was like, sure. You know, we were baby ministry and we got, you know, hurried up and printed some brochures and things like that. And we got there and I was completely blown away. Like there were hundreds, thousands of people that were passionate, but hundreds of organizations that were represented at this conference, which is a tiny little glimpse of 
of the movement, but of people in boots on the ground that are really making a difference and that are really wanting to help these women. And they're not necessarily activism organizations, which I think that there is a place for that too and very necessary, but they're also just like real hands work. Like, what is it that you need? And I just, I was like, how have I gone to church my whole life and did not know this? I didn't even know what a pregnancy center was. These pro-life, you know, they're in our communities everywhere. I had no idea. In fact, when I I had an unplanned pregnancy myself, almost had an abortion, um, never knew, uh, I've never heard of a pregnancy center. We just Googled abortion clinic and went straight to the abortion clinic. This was 23 years ago. And I think SE search engine optimization and all of that has gotten a lot better now. So when people do Google that pro-life organizations are popping up, which is awesome. But back then it wasn't a thing. And so we went straight to the abortion clinic. I ended up hyperventilating and passing out in the abortion room. And so I ended up walking back out, telling the father, my baby, you know, we're still pregnant. And we just decided, okay, we're going to figure this out together. We were terrified. We thought our life was over. Our dreams were over. You know, all the the enemy lies to you and tells you like every worst case scenario that could possibly happen. You're in panic mode and all of that. And, um, and so we ended up choosing life and we had a son named Jess and he's 22 now. And I just can't imagine my life without him. He just graduated from Oral Roberts University with a degree wow. in theology. He's getting his master's now and he's just got married. And I just can't even imagine uh, my life without him. But I was very close for him to not be here. And so one thing that I've noticed within the pro-life movement is there are people that talk a lot about it about being pro-life and voting a certain way and all of that. And I think that's good, but there has to be action behind it too. You know, pro-life is a stance and pro-love is an action. And like I said before, it's God's kindness that leads us to repentance. So we have to be showing the kindness of the Lord to these women. And we can't as believers say, you know, keep your baby, don't have an abortion. And then they choose life and then say, okay, good luck. Hope it works out for you. And, you know, in the U.S., we have Roe versus Wade, which is the big, you know, um, the court case that made abortion legal. And if that ever did get overturned, say it did, there would be lots of women that are pregnant and they might not want to be pregnant. And we can't as a church just say good luck. Like we have to be able and ready to help practically, spiritually, and emotionally to say, what is it that you need? How can we help you? You're not alone. We're going to walk alongside you. And um, I even was talking to a a girl the other day um, that did Embrace Grace a year ago, and she was telling me the story of how she heard about it. But she was saying that she had found out she was pregnant on a Friday, and she was totally freaking out, scared, thought for sure she needed to have an abortion, but she just started Googling churches. And because she had just moved, she was in a college town. So she had just moved there and didn't even know she had been to a church there. So she Googled like three churches. She wanted it to be the next town over because she didn't want, if it was anyone that she knew, they, she didn't want them to know. And um, she left three voicemails because it was a Friday night. And only one church called her back. And that one church it happened to have an Embrace Grace group and got her connected to, you know, and that's where she ended up like finding a spiritual family and all of that. And, but it's like, we can't, if we can't even call people back, you know, that are crying and leaving voicemails saying I'm pregnant, I don't know what to do. Like we have to be the action. We have to be the action behind our beliefs. And when it can't just be voting a certain way, it's gotta be also like, how can we make abortion unthinkable? How can we make it in a way so that it's like, oh my gosh, you know, if a girl finds out she's pregnant, that 
the thought doesn't even necessarily cross her mind to have an abortion because there's so many amazing resources out there that can help her. And they are out there. It's just, they need a platform and they need, you know, just like what you're doing that, like to me, this, you know, with my book, Help Her Be Brave, it has over 300 ideas of how people can use their influence or, um, you know, their nurturing skills, their talents, their strengths, whatever it is that God placed inside of them, how can they use that to make abortion unthinkable? And just like you, you know, using your influence with having a podcast, having someone on that talk is talking about it, that is doing what you can, you know, and, and we all have something. It could be, you know, that you're, someone's really nurturing and they want to serve at a pregnancy center or someone's really, you know, my husband, he's great at like finances and he helps single moms with their budgeting. If they, you know, if I bring him one that needs help, you know, cause he's passionate about that. We all have something to give in this, in this area. And a lot of times people are like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I can do or, you know, and we just need a platform for that. So that's what I hope with the book. It's bringing light to so many great organizations that are out there, so many creative ways that people are helping, but then just practical ideas. And it's not like you have to quit your job and go work for a pro-life organization. You can do that if you want or start your own, but it's just like the, at, with us, we're all doing our part in whatever that might look like. Give backs, you know, and um helping families that are fostering or helping birth moms and being a support to them. You know, there's just they're helping single moms. There's so many ways to get involved. It's just that we got to be more focused on the action. And, and then also if we're going to, you know, stand up on social media and talk about pro-life, just don't be rude, you know, don't be condescending. Don't use the word murder, you know, all that stuff, like just be classy about it and bring up good points. And yeah, you can change minds, but if you're doing it in a way that's not in love, then, you know, we're a clinging symbol and they're not going to listen. Yeah, that's, that's very true. I mean, you know, you, you just hit on a lot of points right over there and, you know, and, but I really like that where you said pro-life is a stance, but pro-love is an action. And, you know, today what happens is like, you know, in a, especially in our generation, like people are ready to take a stand they're not ready to take an action and you know and that's 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 the main point because unless you take an action there's not gonna be a difference you know it's only gonna be a stand and people i mean you take at any great leaders in the world I and mean, who have influenced and made a difference they did not take just take a stand but they made an action so you know that that the action part is what is missing and when you do that that's what makes a difference and, and this is a- there was one lady once that she's over, um, she's a pro-life atheist and she's a friend of mine and she's not a believer, but she's pro-life. And she asked me to speak at Berkeley a couple years ago about pro-life. She's going to have pro-life speakers there all day. This is in California. And, um, I was like, yeah, I'll speak. But like, you know, I talk about God and church and all that. Is that going to be an issue? Like, that's my, you know, thing that I'm passionate about. She's like, no, it's not an issue. She said, I don't believe in your God but I believe in the power of your people. And if you could get your people to do something about this, then this issue wouldn't be an issue anymore. And I was like, oh my word, like that's so true. And there's over 300,000 churches in America alone. Like if we all were doing something to make abortion unthinkable, we really can make a difference and make it so that it doesn't, that they don't feel like they're completely alone. And that's not even just for the girls in the church that are getting pregnant. But also looking at this as an outreach, I hear sometimes pastors say, oh, we don't have pregnant girls in our church. Well, yeah, you do. You do have pregnant girls in your church. Maybe they're going to get abortions or maybe they're leaving and not coming back, but you do. But even say it's like an older church, it's, you know, 100 people and they're all senior citizens. Well, go find them. Go partner with your pregnancy centers. Tell them you want them to come to your church. It's, you know, we go feed the poor. We go serve at different things. Pro-life is an outreach as well. 
And so how can we reach out in communities? I see them always on Facebook buy, sell trade pages where they're like, I'm scared. I'm pregnant. I I don't know. I don't have a car seat. I don't have anything. Like, does anybody have stuff that they want to sell for cheap? We have recruited so many girls through Facebook buy, sell trade pages that need help and that are need community and invited them into the church and their life totally changes. Like it's, it's about boots on the ground, looking for them. I've had them wait. I had one friend that texted me over the weekend. I'm at Waffle House and the girls, our waitress is pregnant and not married and she's scared. We've been talking and she wants to join Embrace Grace. I mean, God wants me like, I ask God all the time, like let us put on our kingdom goggles and see these people that we're interacting with every single day. Because once you start conversations and things that come out and so many times they're praying for a miracle, do you see me, God? Do you hear me? Do you hear my prayers? And a lot of times we are the answer to their prayers, but sometimes we get just so busy or think they're robots or they're not real people that are, that are, we're interacting with all day when really these are God's people. And, you know, this is our mission field. Everywhere we go is our mission field. And the most important person that we're talking to is the person right in front of us. And so how can we, um, you know, use that opportunity to see what God wants to do with with this conversation, if there's someone that needs help and hope or a word from the Lord, just allowing the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us with every conversation, it makes a huge difference. Wow, that's that's so true. I mean, you know, again, you know, you're you're hitting on a lot of points. You know, I can't just like pin find everything, but you know, I think every everything that you said makes is equally relevant. And I would like to go on to the next question. And you know, this one, uh, uh, if you actually look at the recent statistics, you know, uh, especially in the last three years. Uh, the number of abortions fell by almost 19% in 2011 to 2017. And, you know, the uh, the number of uh, the abortion rate uh, fell from 16.9 percentage in 2011 to 13.5 in 2017. And so was the ratio that uh, the abortion ratio also fell from the, uh, from almost like 13% to uh, it, it, uh, from 18.4 to 13 percentage. And, you know, and how do you think that Embrace Grace has, you know, influenced these trends in abortion since its inception in 2012? Well, for sure, Embrace Grace, just knowing that there's community support and training all of these churches on how to empower their members to go out in the community and look for these people for sure. But even with all the pro-life organizations as a whole, what I see that is making a really big impact is just vulnerability. And, you know, if you think about 20, 30 years ago, and I meet older women, you know, that have experienced an unplanned pregnancy years ago, when really she was sent away to like a maternity home. And there was a lot of shame around that. And they didn't talk about it. And maybe they forced, I've heard stories of forced adoption and, um, you know, moms taking their daughters to abortion clinics because there's so much shame. And that still happens, but it doesn't seem as prevalent about today. Now it's we're a little bit more open of our struggles of like, you know, my daughter's pregnant or I'm pregnant and it's you're not necessarily sent away as much anymore as it was 20 or 30 years ago. And then also, I just think women um, and men talking more vulnerably about their past abortions is also helping a lot because abortion is a trauma obviously to the child, but it's also a trauma to the mother and to the father, you know, that, that are around. So 
it's really kind of seen sort of a me too movement, you know, a little bit with abortion and abortion healing. And, and we have, even with all of our embrace grace leaders, we never marketed it to, to women that have experienced an abortion or anything, but we just have noticed that a lot of women that have experienced an abortion are leading embrace grace groups. And it's because they want to be the person that they wish they had years ago in their life when they made their abortion decision. Like they want to be the change um, that they want to see in the world. And, that is making a huge difference. And, you know, Revelation 12, 11 says, we overcome by the blood of the lamb and the word of our testimony. And so I, I think, number one, you know, if anyone is listening out there that has experienced an abortion, I just want to say that you're not disqualified for ministry. You are qualified and that God is just a question away, you know, forgiveness is there for you. And with, with Revelation 12, 11, sharing your story is so healing. And I meet so many women that whisper it in my ear, you know, I've only told one or two people but I'm healed. And, you know, I, I want to say, go connect to an abortion healing group. There's so many abortion healing groups and pregnancy centers around the nation and churches around the nation. Our church has one at every campus. Abortion healing groups are so powerful. And then after that, like, go find a place in the movement. Like, where, where, where did you feel like you wish you had support in when you made that decision. It could be Embrace Grace. It could be serving in a pregnancy center. It could be leading an abortion healing group, you know, whatever that might look like, like finding a place because as you're telling your story and helping all these women, it's God continues to heal um, because that's how we overcome is just the vulnerability. And it's contagious. Like shame isolates and vulnerability is healing. And so when we bring into the light what God can heal, it is contagious and other people start coming in. Yeah, me too. Yeah, me too. And so I feel like just the more vulnerability that is happening over the course of the last 20 years and just the real stories of like, I regret my abortion is really helping so much paired with the boots on the ground that's that's going on is helping a lot of women hear these stories. And then if they end up having an unplanned pregnancy, they remember it, you know, well, you know, so-and-so had one and she, it was a really terrible experience for her, you know, and I don't know that I want to go through that. And I've heard there's, you know, support or an organization that can help me over here, or over here. So all of that paired together, I think is really helping uh, with the trends of, of doing better. Wow. That's, that's so much, you know, that's so much, you know, what you guys are doing and, you know, and to all the guys who are listening, all the girls who are listening to this, just because everybody else says it's over, it, it is not. You know, it's not over until God says it's over. And there is always hope. Hope is everlasting, just like love. And God's love will always find you. And, you know, if you look at any person, I mean, Amy or myself or anybody, most of the guys you see who you see in this world, you know, we have all embraced God's love and that hope. There was a point in everybody of our lives that we felt like it's done and, you know, you, we felt like, you know, it's all done. There's no light at the end of the tunnel, but there is always, there's always a light. And that light is Jesus and his light shines brighter than anything else in this world. And so always you guys have hope and, you know, it, it doesn't matter, matter what, what stage of life you are at, but, you know, the hope is never, and it's never over. You know, there is a resurrected hope in our lives and that will continue to go on till the end of this age and even through all to our eternity. And, you know, and I want to go ahead to the last question. And since uh, this is a women's month and, you know, and uh, what would be your golden words as a message of leadership to all women out there? Well, I think, you know, a lot of women 
come to me and they're like, how did you start Embrace Grace? And, you know, I have this idea or dream and I want to do it, but I don't know where to start or I don't, you know, I don't, I need, you know, say it's a maternity home, you know, I want to start a maternity home, but I need a million dollars, you know, or whatever. When I really just feel like God is saying to all of us, like, what's in your hand right now? Like, do you have a couch? Do you have a, a seat at the table? You know, can a girl st- stay on your couch for a little bit? You know, start with with something and then God starts opening doors. And sometimes we overcomplicate the things that we, um, that God's calling us to do because we, you know, if it's 500 steps between where we are right now to the ultimate goal of what we want to do, we think we have to have, you know, step one, two, three, four, five, six planned out first before we even take step one, when really God just wants us to take step one. And then he'll show you what the next one is and the next one is. And even with Embrace Grace, when we started, like I tend to go too fast, you know? And so once we um, and get ahead of God and when we started realizing, oh, we're supposed to start this nonprofit, I got all the paperwork and the IRS paperwork and kind of got intimidated all of a sudden of like, oh, this is kind of a big deal. You have to have bylaws and you have to have um, a board, you know, and all this stuff. It's, it was, and it was a lot of papers and I just want to help people. Like, you know, all of this stuff is just kind of complicated. And my husband um, was for it. He's like, I just really think you're supposed to, and you have to have money to start a nonprofit. Um, and we didn't have any money and, you know, any kind of embrace grace account or anything. And my husband was like, I'll pay for it, Amy. You're supposed to do it. I said, you know what? I think I want the money to fall from the sky. Like that's when I'll know. Cause I don't, this is kind of intimidating and I don't want to go five years down the road and think, Oh, you went too fast. Like you actually weren't supposed to start this when it, you know, when, it, if it gets really hard, I want to have that confidence that I am a being obedient in his timing. So I'll go ahead and keep leading my groups. I'll start filling out this paperwork and doing what I can. But in the meantime, I'm going to wait on him and the money to fall from the sky of if I'm supposed to start this as an official nonprofit. So one of the first things on the paper is make your mission statement and your vision statement. And it's kind of hard to put, you know, your whole dream into one sentence. And so I was trying to craft that and working a little bit here and there, you know, outside of leading groups on, on, um, on that. Well, after I prayed and asked God, you know, if you want me to do this, then please, you know, make money just happen. Um, we, the next day, my co-founder was at a prayer meeting for this big conference that was coming up, a women's conference. And so she got to the prayer meeting and this lady, um, came up to her and she said, Hey, um, I know you don't know me, but are you going on a missions trip? And when I saw you, I heard the word mission and Selena was like, no, I'm not going on a mission trip. I don't know what you mean. And she said, well, does the word mission mean something to you? And she's like, well, we're working on our mission statement. Have you ever heard of Embrace Grace? And the lady's like, no. And so Selena told her all about it. And then the lady said, well, I heard the Lord clearly say to fund your mission. How much is it that you need? And Selena told her, and she wrote a check for the entire thing wow. right then. And she wrote, um, uh, I remember the scripture on the re- reference line, the memo line, it said, how blessed are the feet that share the good news of the gospel. And we still have a copy of that check today because that launched a movement and a pro-love movement. And we're so thankful. And I got to connect with her a couple years ago and tell her, you know, cause she didn't know and that her, um, obedience, you know, really sparked something big in, and she's like, you know what, I could never have kids. And she said, I feel like the Lord is telling me, you know, that in a way I'm a mother to many because of, you know, the seed that she planted and embrace grace. And it was just healing for her. And so awesome. And so it's just like, but the thing is, is that we didn't stop. We didn't say, oh, this is too intimidating. 
we're going to, you know, we're going to stop and put that on pause. It was, we kept going, like, what do we have? What are our resources we have right now? Why well, I can still, if people want to start a group, I'm sending these word documents and, you know, going to office Depot and put a little binder coil. I mean, looking back to see how far we come is amazing, but it was just, what did we have in our hand? What resources did we have? We have time, you know, and we can do this thing and this thing. And then God just is the one that started opening doors. We never thought we wanted to start a nonprofit, but God just kept leading us along the way. And um, I can't wait to see where else, you know, new things have happened. We have Embrace Life, which is for young single moms. So that's a whole new program. The other one, Embrace Grace is for pregnant. And then Embrace Life is for young single moms, a lot more practical things. And then we are launching this month, Embrace Legacy for the dads. We need more dads in the world. And, you know, God just keeps showing us. So they, okay, now focus on this next and focus on this next. And um, sometimes he says to slow down. Sometimes he says to fly, but like allow him to lead and not overcomplicating it and thinking you have to have all the money raised and you have to have all of this or all of that. It's just, what do you have in your hand right now? And don't be intimidated by what step five or six or eight or 10, you know, God, God's word is a, a light unto uh, our path and a lamp around our feet. And if you think about a lamp around our feet, it's like, you can kind of just see a glow, you know, if it's dark outside, you really can only see maybe a step in front of you, maybe two. And that's it. And it's that that's the way he wants it because it's about faith and it's about trusting him. And I think if we just knew what we were going to do and knew the path forward of every step along the way, we'd probably screw it up. You know, he wants us to rely on him and he wants us to show the way step by step by step. And don't just be paralyzed by inactivity because you don't really know what it's going to look like going forward. Like just be obedient with what he's calling you to right now and see what happens. Yeah, just like, you know, they all say, it's like, you know, take the leap, you know, that's it, you know, just, just do the jump and, you know, and, you know, and the, this is, uh, this is a, this is like this one, this one post that is like, it's pretty old one, but I, I see it always on Instagram. It's like, you know, you know, if God is pushing you towards the end of the cliff, either he'll catch you or he's trying, uh, he's teaching you how to fly. So, you know, it, it's either way, you know, you're safe in God's hands, you know, either if you fly or if you fall. So, you know, it, it's all up to you, but you got to take the jump. So, you know. And guys, that was Amy Ford with a lot of insight. I mean, a lot, you know, I mean, this episode, I mean, if you guys have listened to this already, you know, go ahead and listen to it once again, because, you know, there is a lot of things that you might probably have missed out. But there's so much intensive stuff that Amy just spoke at. And it's just amazing, you know, uh, and uh, t- uh, taking action, not just a stand, you know, not, uh, but, you know, action is what matters. And a lot of things, you know, if you, if you guys know anybody who needs help, you can direct them to Embrace Grace. And they are so super friendly people who actually would love to connect with people and, you know, uh, who would love to help them out. They got a great vision. They got a great mission. And, you know, uh, make sure that you guys go ahead and check her out, check her websites and the, and the Instagram handles all in the episode description. And again, once again, guys, that was Amy Ford. Amy, thank you so much for all the insight and all the wisdom that you just plugged into this podcast. And I'm so thankful that, you know, we got you and, and on this. And I think this it has been an incredible session with you. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, thanks for having me. I had fun. All right, guys. So make sure you guys uh, go ahead and share this episode. You know, make sure you guys, if you're listening to this, tag us in. And thank once again, thank you so much for listening to our podcast. And we love you guys so much. And stay tuned for the next episode. Take care. Bye-bye. Thank you for listening to Bellwether's podcast. If you loved this episode, do not forget to share and subscribe. Also, we would really appreciate if you could leave a review. 
Thanks again for listening and stay tuned for our next episode.